Remember the story? Jesus is telling this, this story, and there was a, a man who owed a lot of money. We're talking about millions of dollars to the king. And the king decided, you know, I'm taking a look at my ledger, and there's people who owe me money. Anybody who can't pay is going to jail. So he went and arrested this man, and this man comes to him and says this, Please be patient with me. King, please be patient with me. Suffer a little bit longer on my behalf, and I promise I will pay it all. There is no way he could possibly pay this all. But he said, Lord, if, uh, King, if you'll be patient with me, I'll pay it off, I promise. Well, what did the king do? He forgave the debt. He not only said, I'm going to be patient with you, but I'm going to forgive the debt. I'm going to go beyond just waiting on it. I'm going to completely forgive it. That would have changed my life drastically. But no sooner had this man been let out of prison than he meets a friend of his, or used to be a friend of his, who owed him about 15 bucks. And I know he was kind of sore, and he said he was thinking, if I had just had that $15, I could have given that to the king. And he looked at that guy and said, you owe me some money. Give it to me now. And you know what the guy said? Be patient with me, and I will pay it. I will pay you your $15, I promise, he pleaded. Now, if you were someone who had just been forgiven this huge debt, what do you think you would have done? Nah, you're okay. But this guy wouldn't wait. He wouldn't have patience. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. This story, what I like about it is because it, it shows us the picture of God's patience and His willingness to forgive us. But it also points to our responsibility when it comes to patience. Now, like I said before, each of us have a different patience meter, I think. Some of us are born with it. Some of us don't seem to be born with any. But God wants us to be patient. Especially patient with others. That includes people in your house. That includes people at work. That includes everybody. Colossians chapter 3, Paul is urging these, these Colossians, these folks who are suffering some, some persecution at this time. And he says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And he realizes that, you know, all this kind of goes in the same lump. So he kind of defines for us what our patience should look like in daily life with others. Now, before I show you this verse, I want you to picture your spouse here. I want you to picture your, your kids. Uh, kids, I want teenagers, I want you to picture your parents when it comes to this, okay? I want you to picture someone that you know you struggle with patience with, okay? You ready? This is what it means, according to Paul. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Can you read that with me? Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone 
who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, Paul says, you know, when you come to Christ, when the Holy Spirit is, you're gifted with the Holy Spirit, you lose your right to be offended. Well, they stepped on my toes. Give them a break. Well, did you hear what they said about me? Doesn't matter. Well, you don't know what they did. No, I don't, but God does. He's willing to forgive. You need to as well. Be patient with each other's faults. We all have faults, don't we? You have faults. God's calling someone in your life to be patient with you. You then must be patient with them. Now, for some of you, this is difficult. For some of you, this is hard because patience is not your deal. But when you begin to to lose your your temper because you're waiting, when they've done something the sixth, seventh, eighth time, and you're tired of it, when you're ready just to throw them away, remember, God was patient with you. I think we could stop there. We could have prayer right now, and God would begin to change some lives right here. God would begin to grow that patience in us. But that's not the only patience we are called to have. You know, we're also called to have patience with God. We question sometimes why. And we want an end to our suffering, end of inconvenience, end of... We're promised one day that's going to happen. One day it's going to be no more tears. Remember that? It's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. No more sickness, no more pain. We're going to be walking streets of gold. All hint of tragedy, of suffering is going to be gone because there will be no sin left. Sin will be gone. But until that day, we experience the effects of sin, of a broken, fallen world in which things don't work right. Our bodies break down. It's a fallen, broken world where people will do things, sometimes maliciously, sometimes incidentally, that cause us pain. As long as we live in this fallen world, we're going to suffer. But we call for God, God, bring it into this. Bring it into this, and by bringing it into this, he's going to have to stop it all and say, time out, that's enough. We're through. Paul is reminding his friend, or James is reminding the folks he's writing to that there's a reason why God is holding on. He says, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains to fall, and in the, uh, who pa- patiently wait for the, let me start that over. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. So while you're waiting, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters. Don't be impatient with each other as you're waiting. 
or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. And for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord is, was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. The reason why God hasn't brought an end to our suffering in this world is because he's holding out. He's holding out. He's holding out, waiting for one more and one more to turn to him and one more to turn to him and one more to turn to him. But where does it end? Where does it end for God? Does it? Well, I think his patience does have an end. That passage in Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3, says this. The Lord is slow to get angry, and we like that, but he never lets the guilty go unpunished. And then 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise as some people think. The Lord is slow to get angry, but His power is great, and He never lets the guilty go unpunished. That's not the right one. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. And remember, the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. God's patience will run out at some point. There's an appointed time, there's a day, and Jesus, everybody was asking Jesus, do you know what it is? I don't know what it is. Only the Father knows what it is, but I can tell you what, it's coming. There will be a day when there will be no repenting. There will be a day when there will be no turning back. There will be a day when the patience is over. The long suffering of God is through. There will be that day. My prayer is that we don't wait to that day. <laughs> and that it lights a fire inside of us that realizes that there is an end, that we don't have forever. And it places an urgency within us to share, to love others into the kingdom, to go across the world and to, to share his amazing message of grace with others who haven't heard it. Because there is coming an end. God's patience does have an end. But what about us? Are you supposed to have infinite patience? Are you supposed to just wait and 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 wait? on anything and everything and everyone and everybody. Patience does not mean apathy. Patience doesn't mean just sitting there. Patience means enduring on the, for the sake of someone else. It means going through hardships for the sake of someone else. 
But it also means, well, remember Popeye? His arch nemesis, Brutus or Pluto, depending on which version you, you, you saw. Same guy, different name. He'd always kidnapped olive oil, right? Every show was the same. He'd kidnap olive oil. And uh, you'd hear, Popeye, Popeye. That's the way it is, right? Popeye. That's my best olive oil impersonation. So some of you can maybe do a little better. But Popeye, Popeye. And he's, he's being held up in the tower in front of the train tracks, you know, on top of the train tracks waiting for the train to come. Something, she's crying out to Popeye, and Popeye is being bound because Brutus or Pluto had bound him, right? And somehow he, he says these words, I stand, I stands all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. So what's he do? Somehow he gets the pipe, and it was MacGyver before MacGyver, opens up his can of spinach and gulps it down, and all of a sudden those forearms and those biceps just bulge, and he becomes the hero Popeye. But there comes a point where he realizes, I've had enough. I stands all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. I've reached that point where enough is enough. Unfortunately, we reach that when it concerns us. Enough is enough for me. You can't do that to me any longer. You can't disrespect me like that any longer. I've had enough. Stop. Well, that's not where our patience needs to end. But our patience needs to end where our heart breaks for others. What breaks your heart? Some of you can't watch the, the Child Evangelism Fellowship or uh, World Vision commercials, can you? Because your heart breaks when you see children starving. Some of you hate to hear stories of children that have been abused. So you like to turn it off so you don't have to be exposed to it. So then you could just be patient with it a little bit longer. Some of you don't like to hear stories of injustice and oppression, of inequity, of abuse of others. Because as long as we don't hear about it, then we don't have to do anything about it. It doesn't bother us. But as soon as we hear it, we know it breaks our heart. Nehemiah had his heart broken. He'd been taken to Babylon and was actually the cupbearer to the king of Babylon And he got a message that his hometown, Jerusalem, the walls had been destroyed. And even though his people had gone back home a long time ago, the walls still hadn't been been rebuilt. And in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, we read these words. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. It broke him to realize that his hometown, His hometown was broken. His people were still suffering. He was broken because of it. And he just said, you know, I just don't want to hear any more telegrams about that. I'm turning off the internet. I'm not going to watch CNN about Jerusalem anymore. I'm just going to turn a deaf eye. No. He said, King, let me go back home because I have to do something about this. I am broken because of this situation, and I'm going to do something about it. 
Another way to look at it is this. What makes you angry? What causes your blood to boil? For some of us, unfortunately, our blood boils when people step on our toes, when people offend us, when people get in our way because it's all about us. But that's not where our patience needs to end. Our patience needs to end where we see others hurt, broken, abused. Remember Moses? Not the best example, but we see his heart here. Remember, he was, a, he was a prince of Egypt, and he goes out and he sees an Egyptian beating some Hebrew slaves. They've beaten him, and what's he do? Makes his blood boil. So he commences to, to beat up the Egyptian and kill him and bury him in the sand. I'm not saying go out and kill an Egyptian and bury him in the sand, okay? Don't go kill anybody, because remember Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 26 says, In your anger, when you're angry, you're going to get angry, but don't sin. What Paul is saying is, use your anger for positive. When Jesus went to the temple and he saw the, the money changers abusing the system there, what did he do? He got angry, and he did something about it. This wasn't about him, it was about God and the people that were being abused in that situation. What makes you angry for others? Mother Teresa said this, when I see waste, I feel angry on the inside. I don't approve of myself getting angry. But it's something you can't help after seeing Ethiopia. I don't like to get angry. It's not my favorite thing, but it's something I can't help when I see the wastefulness of people after I've seen the poverty, and the brokenness of people of Ethiopia. So how can you lose your patience on behalf of someone else? This is not about you. You're called to have infinite patience with others. But God is also calling you to lose your patience on behalf of someone else. Now, the thing about this is you say, Pastor Matt, I, why doesn't anybody feel this way about this issue? Why doesn't everybody come with me and, and pick at abortion clinics? Because I can't stand abortion. Why, does everybody, why, why isn't everybody doing this? Well, God maybe has called you to be a servant, to love these ladies, to reach out to them, to encourage adoption to make a difference. He's called you, but he may have called this next person to work in prisons on behalf of those who have made really poor choices. Or maybe he's called someone else to work down with gum. Greater Greenwood United Ministries or others to work at the soup kitchen. God breaks our hearts in different places so that he could use all of us in different ways. But I, tell, I want to tell you that God wants to break your heart. He wants you to get angry. He wants you to lose your patience on behalf of someone else and do something. That could be sponsoring a kid. $25 a month through Nazarene Compassion Ministries through World Vision. 
giving one child through $25 in education and food for a month. But for some of you, it may be actually going, saying, you know, instead of vacation this year, I am going to go and I'm going to volunteer at an orphanage for two weeks. I want to make a difference. What breaks your heart? What gets you angry for God? Patience costs us something. In fact, God's patience with us cost his son everything, didn't it? On the night he was betrayed as he gathered with his disciples in the upper room, 